Be free, it's the Bee Cast with Amber Miller, Sarah Godey, and Monica Steely. For more resources and information related to today's episode, please visit www.bestillbefree.com. Hello, and welcome to the Bee Cast. My name is Amber Miller, and I'm here today with Monica Steely. Hello. And Sarah Godey. Hello. We're very happy to be here with you today. We are on week two of our series, Be Bold and Conquer. I always want to put my arms up like I'm a big, mighty warrior. Check out my guns. Be Bold and Conquer. Gladiator. Um, So this is our second week in the series, Be Bold and Conquer. Last week, we talked about what being bold looks like and what conquering looks like and some steps that you can take to be bold and conquer whatever obstacles that you face in your life right now. And we are so thrilled and excited to be welcoming Mandy Summers to the podcast. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you. (laughs) We're so happy you're here. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Good. We're excited you're here. Mandy is a 32-year-old mother of three girls. She's been married for 11 years, and she's a professional counselor, and currently you're a counselor at high school. Is that right? Yes. Okay, awesome. Well, Sarah, tell us a little bit about how okay. we got Mandy to come on, and we roped her into doing this. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited she's here. So Mandy is one of my homegirls, right? She is one of our biggest. Yo, yo. That's right. Yo, yo. She's one of our biggest supporters in um and that means the world to us. And we mm-hmm. were recently at a noonday kind of night at a house, and we were watching the new release of the Gin Hatmaker. So she's, we've got our earrings on, noonday earrings. Shout out. If you don't know about noonday, look it up. It's really great, great, great thing. And the Gin Hatmaker series was being uh, previewed. And so we literally all were together for this jewelry party, and then we stayed until 1 o'clock and watched the, wow. the um, premiere. And so that was a lot of fun. And so we were talking about the next series, and she and I were kind of in the kitchen and talking through some things. I'm like, we're going to do Be Bold and Conquer. And, you know, like she'd mentioned to me in passing, like, you know, I would love to come up and see what y'all do. And we just started talking, and she's got a really... Um, amazing story, and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it because I'm gonna let her tell you exactly what it is. But I was like, I really think that you should come up and be pol- part of Be Bold and Conquer. And she's like, Really? And I was like, Yeah. And um, and God just was like, Okay, it's time. Mm-hmm. And so she's here because we really feel like there is a large audience of women that are going to be able to relate to her story. She. Um, is going to talk today about sexual abuse. And um, I'm just excited. We talked a lot about this on the way up yesterday. And it's just, again, it's so cool to see how God is using a story like hers to hopefully help other people Mm -hmm. experience freedom. So on that note, Mandy, tell Mm -hmm. us, you know, just tell us a little bit about you and um, being here and why this is important to you and and what your story is. Okay. Yeah, well, I I want... Everybody to know that I sit here victorious. Um, Amen. Oh, that makes me want to cry. I know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever cried on Be Still Be Free. <laughs> it's about time. Oh, I don't you know cry. What? There's a lot of tears to be shed. Um, good in a good way. Um, God has had me on this journey, and 
especially the last six months, it, he's really been impressing upon me. It's time to share your story. Mm. There are so many women out there of all ages who struggle with abuse um, of all kinds. And sexual abuse is one of those things that's especially hard to talk about because mm-hmm. it's so personal. Yeah. And it's such a huge violation. And, you know, we, we think about just the whole topic of sex in the church and how it's taboo and you don't do it outside of marriage. And, um, you know, growing up in the church, you save yourself for your husband you only have one partner so you can tell your kids that you've only been with their father when they get old enough Mm -hmm. that you're not soppy seconds or whatever the term is Mm -hmm. you know and so um it's always set up in that context which is not a bad thing because you want to train the young women in the church to make wise decisions and to value purity um But then it's hard to talk about because if there is a promiscuous girl or there is a violation of some sort, there's no room to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that a little bit um, down the road. But um, my personal story is uh, I was a victim of sexual abuse when I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And that came in the form of date rape. It was somebody that I knew, somebody that I trusted, somebody mm-hmm. that I cared for and I thought cared for me. And um, in a split second, really, your world has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 17 years old. I was raised in church. I was a good girl. I wanted to wait for my husband. I did true love waits. Y'all remember that? I mean, I had the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was very important to me. So um, anyway, that I felt like was was taken from me. Mm. Um, And then I didn't know what to do. Mm. Um, So the night that it happened, I remember going home and almost being in denial, like, what just happened? I'm not really sure what that was. I can't um, even put a name to it. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at myself in the mirror, feeling like I look like a completely different person. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know. I couldn't mm-hmm. even put a word to it. So yeah. um, six months went by, and I kept it to myself. Yeah. Oh my but not only did I keep it to myself, I continued in an abusive relationship because I felt like I mm-hmm. need to be with one person. And oh so um, during my senior year of high school, I um, I really struggled. And I've since, since then, um, I've done a lot of research on sexual abuse and how victims respond. And I see a lot of similarities in the way I responded to the way other victims respond. Um, I did experience some depression, um, withdrawal from my, my friends and family, um, substance abuse, Mm. um, there were, I was a high schooler and two to three nights a week I was drinking, you know, Mm. away from home. But I never stopped going to church because if I ever stopped going to church, then people would know something was wrong. So I would go to church and I wouldn't want to be there. I wasn't angry with God. I was just really confused. Um, And through all of that, uh, you guys mentioned last week, Romans 8. Um, I, I don't know why. 
Uh, I didn't know why then, but this verse just kept coming back to me, Romans 8, 28. Um, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and mm-hmm. those who are called according to his purpose. I didn't understand that. How could this be good? Mm-hmm. You know, um, how could anything good come out of an abuse, abusive situation like this? So um, I had made a decision early on to become um, a counselor because I wanted to be able to serve young girls specifically at the time who were struggling with things that they didn't have anybody to talk to about. Um, And I feel like now looking back on it, that I, that there has been good come out of it. Um, I worked with being in a high school I've worked with girls who experienced sexual abuse as a child. Mm. Um, I don't, I think that counselors can help um, sexual abuse victims, but I feel like my experience helps me to relate right. to them um, in, a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but I, I've been, I did a little bit of research. I started reading um, some books specifically from Christian authors about sexual abuse. I found one called Not Marked by Mary DeMuth, I think is oh, how yeah. you say it. Mm-hmm. You've heard of her. She's she, great. She is great. Um, one thing that I really resonated with with her, um, she said, abuse victims don't react in the moment. They stuff. Mm. And so that's exactly what I did. Six months went by. I didn't say anything to anyone. I stuffed. And there's... There's no freedom in that. There, you know, a few weeks ago when Tracy was on, she talked about depression and how depression is anger turned inward. And to me, that's saying the same thing. You're stuffing these emotions. Mm -hmm. You um, are trying to deal with them in the flesh. And it's bigger than we are. You know, we need the healer to come in. Um, When you're a Christian, it almost makes you angry because why would God allow something like that to happen to you? Mm -hmm. You know, if he loves me, how could he let that happen to Mm -hmm. me? And I don't have an answer for that. Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, I know that we're all masterpieces that he's created Mm -hmm. and we're all different and nobody's life is easy everybody has their stuff they have to deal with and this just happens to be mine um i decided to stop being quiet about it because there are women out there who are suffering and won't talk about it um i did some research and i found one website said the website was darkness to light said about one in seven girls will be sexually assaulted by age 18 mm. oh my gosh wow. so sad one in seven that is. and sexual assault can look a lot of different ways it could be you know a violent rape it could be um, an inappropriate touch mm-hmm. It right. can be. It can look a lot of different ways, sure. and we're not even talking about sexual harassment. Right. That is like other. one in three, you know. Wow. And so I look at my three daughters and think, God yeah. help them, mm-hmm. protect them. Um. On that note, um, it's about one in twenty-five boys. Mm. So sexual abuse doesn't just happen to women; it happens to mm. to men, to boys, sure. men and boys as well. Um. Only about 38% of child victims disclose their abuse. Some oh never gosh. disclose. Wow. Mm. 
So it's pretty, the numbers are pretty astounding. They even say that um, the reports have decreased. So that means the crime must have decreased. But I personally feel like it's just not getting not reported. reported. One of the things that you shared with me um, was after six months, you decided to mention it to a friend. And she had said to you, you know what that's called. And you were talking about how hard it was just even for you to call it what it was. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's true. Um, After six months, I had another situation with the same person. But at that point, I had had enough and stood up for myself and walked away, which was for good. (laughs) But I was broken. And... I had to tell somebody. So I called my best friend and I told her what happened. And she said, Mandy, you know what that's called, right? And I said, I do, but I can't say it. So it wasn't until later um, I did seek professional counseling through it. And my counselor had me write it, write the story, everything that I could remember. Mm -hmm. And writing the word rape was the hardest part because I had to own it. You had to admit it. I had to admit it. I had to admit that it was part of my life and a part of my story. And it's ugly. Mm. Well, we were talking about that, and my question to you was boldness, right? We're talking about boldness Mm. and conquering. This is a big deal to conquer, and it probably is a lifelong situation, right, that you you have to continue to try to conquer. But what what are some of the, the bold things that you do in order to try to get to a freedom and to not be stuffing it anymore and keeping it to yourself. And we're talking about talking to other people, and I know that was one of the first things that you said to talk about. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, who do you tell? Who do you not tell? Who's, you know, what do you do? Okay, so I do feel like once you get to the point where you can talk about it, um, sharing, in sharing comes healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, you're no longer stuffing when you're sharing and there's, you know, there's healing in being able to talk to somebody. Um, talking to my friend that day on the phone was my first step towards healing. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be a professional counselor. I do realize that this is a very hard topic to share because you don't know how people are going to respond. You don't know, you know, that my thing was, are people going to look at me differently? I I want to look like I have it all together, but you know, I don't always have it together and I have, um, a dirty, ugly past and, I don't want to be judged for who I am now based on what happened then. So you realize that some people cannot handle it. Mm-hmm. And if they, you'll know, you know, you'll know right. if, if they can or cannot handle it. Um, more likely than not, people are going to just love you through it and mm-hmm. support you and and know you and understand you better. So if you can find somebody to talk to, absolutely share it with um, a close friend. Right. Um, if you need to seek professional counseling, do that. Uh, That was very helpful for me. Um, I also re-met my spouse um, Mm -hmm. shortly after I shared with my best friend. And immediately he and I became best friends, and we talked about it. When we got close, I talked and I cried about it every single day for the first six months of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew that 
Caress was a godsend because he stuck with me through that. That was my crazy time. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to process. Um, I think we as women do process better out loud when we share with one another. So um, slowly through the years, I have shared my story with friends here and there. Um, But then again, you know, you kind of figure out who can handle it and who can't. Who you can be vulnerable with. Did you share it with your family when it happened or soon after? No, I didn't. And that's, um, that's probably one of my biggest regrets. I did share it with my sister because I, I felt like, let me go back and just say that I felt like for those six months that I stuffed, that I brought it on myself. I was full of shame and guilt Mm -hmm. and I felt like, and and this is common too with Mm -hmm. abuse victims, you want to blame yourself. I shouldn't have put myself in that situation. Mm. I shouldn't have been there. Mm. Um, Like I said, I was always a good girl. I was in church. um, had a good reputation. And I was somewhere I shouldn't have been. But I didn't ask for that. You know, it took me a long time to realize that I I did not ask for that. Um, So when I saw my sister... um, going through high school and making choices here and there, I wanted her to know that it's important the decisions you make because, I don't know if you guys have heard the saying, um, you give Satan an inch, he'll take a mile. And I just wanted her to be really smart about the choices that she made. Mm -hmm. And so I shared with her she wasn't ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, she was a high schooler and, and I was already in college. This was a few years later. Yeah, But there was a point where I talked to, um, a former youth leader and I was broken and I needed guidance and I needed help. And she, she was a little, she was further removed than my immediate family. So mm-hmm, it right. wasn't as hard to it's talk safer. to her. It was yeah. a safer place. And the advice given to me was don't tell your mom because she'll be devastated mm. um, that you didn't tell her and then she'll be devastated that it happened. And then she'll be devastated that you didn't tell her that you didn't trust her enough to tell her. So it makes me so sad. Which is, it's a great thing because one of the things that Mandy's so passionate about is where's the church in all of this Mm -hmm. and how are we supposed to react? How are we, what do we say? What do we not say? Not go tell your mom. Like, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so tell, tell us Mandy, like if you were, talking to us and saying this is how we need to step up how the church why isn't the church mm-hmm. having opportunities for women to step up where they're not going to feel shamed but feel loved on you know, tell talk to me a little bit about that what does that look like <laughs> that's a good question it's um it is definitely a need um I feel like there needs to be resources available mm-hmm. in some way because this is a topic where you can't run up and say, Hey, I've been sexually abused. I need help. You yeah. know, this is yeah. a very discreet, um, topic, but I do feel like our young, our young teenage girls need to know how to respect themselves and value purity. But at the same time, I, I feel like there needs to be a safe place, even if it's just, if you know of somebody partnering up people who've been through the experience right. so that they can work work through it together, right. somebody who has gone through it, experienced healing, you know, um, 
just have resources available within the church so you right. can point somebody in the in the right direction love them you know open your arms um because they're hurting they're yeah. broken and they need healing and if they're coming to you and sharing with you something so intimate and um difficult to share in the first place they are desperate for right. help mm -hmm. so we as a church have to be there for them love them and then point them in a direction if you if we cannot help them we need to point them in the direction right. of somebody who can help them well, i think if we're going to have you know we talk about a revival right mm -hmm. i think if, if we're really going to have a revival it can't be just on the feel-good issues you know, right. we have got to get to a point, again, this is, we talk about being bold, right? And speaking plainly, honestly, simply. But I think sometimes we don't want to hear the dirty stuff. We just want to hear, we don't want to hear the stuff that makes us feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We want to only hear the, the stuff, stuff we that, can't explain. That's right. Yeah. And we don't want to wear anything that's heavy because we're already heavy enough in our mm -hmm. own lives. And I think that that's what we've got to get to the point where we can be vulnerable to talk about things um, with other women and know that we're not going to be spoken about behind our backs, that we're not going to be judged. Because we are the church. You know, I mean, the four of us right here are a church. We're not, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we are in a church building. But <laughs> if we weren't in a church building, we are still the church. Right. And so I... I think what there's a two-sided story here. One is the encouragement to the those who have been abused. Yes to be willing to be vulnerable and bold enough to speak, but also to the ones that are being the ears to be bold enough and vulnerable enough to listen. Absolutely. And be willing to walk that road with those people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's sometimes where the, the buck drops mm -hmm. is when we have to do the life with someone because we don't want to be inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. We have too much going on, but that is really what, the Christian life is it's supposed about, to be. Right. Imagine what the world would think of us if we were walking life with people like this all the time instead of preaching against, you know, mm -hmm. preaching about everything we're against and never anything that we're for. Right. Yeah. You know? Which is what Greg, said, what Greg last said last night, night when yeah. he said that. Shout just, out. I know. Shout out, Greg. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like that really resonated with right. me because I've it's grown up true. my whole life talking about what I don't believe in and not so much about what I do stand mm -hmm. for. And that's what mm -hmm. we kind of do here at at Be Still. We're trying to talk about the, the way to be mm -hmm. instead of the things to do. Not right. what I. It's not about what I don't do. I don't drink. I don't this. I don't that. Right. It's about I put on love. I put on kindness. I put on long suffering mm -hmm. and forgiveness and grace and mercy and you know. I mean, the list goes on and boldness and and all of that experience freedom so that we can truly be a testimony to the world of what the body of Christ is really supposed to look like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amen. You touched on something that's huge. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's right. Um, how do you forgive somebody mm -hmm. who's hurt you like that? Um, it, forgiveness is a choice. Uh, you do have to, I, I'm not going to say it's an easy choice. Right. Um, after sharing, I, I do, <sighs> After sharing, um, and whatever that looks like for you, whether it's talking to a friend, a spouse, a counselor, writing it, if you don't feel like you can yeah. talk to anybody, um, forgiveness is, is an area that you need to really um, approach because 
you cannot fully heal if you don't forgive. I heard this quote. You guys may have heard it before. Um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And it's so true because, you know, they hurt you once. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make the choice to um, continue to be hurt by them by not forgiving them. Yeah. Right. You're hurting yourself too. Um, or you can choose to forgive. I'm not going to say it's easy. There are days that I wake up and I'm angry about it. I, I, I'm not, um, I'm changed by that experience, but I'm not maimed. I'm right. not yeah. crippled. I'm not paralyzed by it. Um, it doesn't I'm changed. define you. It does not define me. Yeah. And if anything, um, I just want the message to be choose not to let it define you choose to forgive and you have to make that choice every single day um there are going to be phases in your life where it's easier to forgive than others when i think with forgiveness um jen hatmaker's book um interrupted i'm reading it right now and she talks about this and she talks about how to just how do you just get over things that are happening and people not getting what they're due and Mm -hmm. finding that forgiveness. But again, there's a truth in the word and God says, leave it up to me. I am the just judge. Vengeance is mine. Save the Lord. I will take care of it. And so I think when I know people that are like, I can't forgive them. I can't forgive them. And they're Mm -hmm. defined by that lack of willingness to forgive. Like Mm -hmm. that's where their growth stopped. That's where life Mm -hmm. stopped. And you are not, winning that way and no no matter how difficult the issue is that you are finding to have to forgive I just think if you can tell yourself the truth that hey listen God's going to take care of it and Mm -hmm. he's going to take care of it in the most just way that is easier because you're putting that truth in and you have truth to hold on to yeah so having talked about forgiveness um let's just talk about we we try to wrap things up with some practical applications Mm -hmm. and some of this is kind of what you've already talked about the first thing we said though was just talk to somebody Mm -hmm. you know talk to anybody like mandy said and 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 we didn't hit on a whole lot about talking to your spouse but mandy had mentioned Mm -hmm. to me like you do need to talk to your spouse if they don't know what happened to you in your past because there are triggers that they're not even aware of They probably know there's something and they think it's them. Um, And so trust your spouse enough, even if you need to have help with a professional counselor Mm -hmm. in that. um, Trust them, tell them, because that true healing needs to happen with that involvement together together because because right. he's going to be affected by your abuse as well right. and I, I would just like to say i mean like that's just huge props and shout out to him because mm-hmm. you said it was like within the first kind of six months yeah he was so i mean it'll make me emotional he was so jesus yeah to you loving mm-hmm. you the way christ loves the church yeah and not letting that affect his his relationship with you and mm-hmm. um that's very rare it it's is a beautiful place. i'm very i'm very lucky he's yeah. an awesome guy mm-hmm. yeah, yeah just amazing yeah. um it, i mean we're all sitting here teary-eyed um shout out to Cress. Yeah. you know and for even just being mm-hmm. a, a testimony of what other men hopefully will know that mm-hmm. they can do Right. Mm-hmm. There is a willingness. There's a choice on mm-hmm. that spouse's part as well to choose to do that with you and not to hold that against you. It's not um, easy for sure. Yeah. It's not easy. Not no. easy. Mm-hmm. Second thing you you had talked about was finding an outlet and you talked about journaling um, and how good that was for you. And at the end of the journal, you rip it up, you shred it and burn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you were thinking that would be just a great practical application that was helpful for you in your counseling. Yes. And you felt strong that that could be helpful to someone else as well yes absolutely journal journal it every last detail you can think of 
and then shred it or yeah. burn it. The mm. deep and dirty. Don't don't no. don't skirt by it. Mm-mm. Be honest about the deep yeah. and the dirty, so Nobody that you're else. getting it all out there. Nobody else has to read it. Mm. Um, and the last thing that we talked about, and I loved this, was it's a choice. Make the choice. choice. And that is, again, part of what we talk about at Be Still Be Free. It's a reoccurring theme, making the choice to do it, not to stay in the valley. You have mm. to start going north. You have to start moving in some direction. Make the choice to heal, make the choice to forgive, and make the choice to be victorious. Mm. I and I that. have... I know we have to end. I want to wrap up with a quote by Mary DeMuth. She said, um, Satan came to destroy and to destory us. Mm. He came to destory us, but he cannot build or make only tear down the masterpiece that God has created in us. Mm. So your story might not be a beautiful one, but it is a beautiful one because God is molding you. Oh it's my part goodness. of the masterpiece. Use it for his glory. Use it for his good. Because that's what Romans 8, 28 yeah. says. Mandy, thank oh, you so yeah. much for your words of wisdom and for being so open and vulnerable with our audience. Absolutely. I think that people are really going to resonate with your story and be inspired and touched by it and hopefully uh, be encouraged to be bold in their own story um, and be able to be open and, and start the process of healing. Would you mind praying us out today? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, you are so amazing. You are so gracious. And even when we feel like our worlds are falling apart, you still hold us in your hands. Thank you for holding me. Thank you for leading me. And thank you for the people that you've put in my path to help me heal and to help me forgive. I just pray for those out there who may be dealing with something similar that you can put healers um, or people in their path to help them heal as well so that they can be free. Um, They can be bold and they can be free. And I just pray for those who are listening who may not have walked through this, but who know somebody who has or may encounter that in the future. Give them um, words of wisdom, wisdom. Give them a loving spirit to embrace them and truly love them through their turmoil. We love you, God. And um, I just pray you continue to bless, be still, be free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Beecast. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Be Still Be Free. And of course, check out our website, www.bestillbefree.com. <laughs>